Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much.
right on time, Wes. Well, that's pretty good. You want to... Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Spirit Rock. Thank you for coming out on such a glorious day. We're happy to have you here. My name is Romy, and I'm an event coordinator here. And Jesse, this sounds so loud. No? Sounds good? Excellent. Um, I wanted to thank you for coming and to thank our volunteers today. Thank you, thank you for coming early and helping. If you'd like to volunteer in the future, you're welcome to. You can uh, find out more about it online. Okay, first of all, CEs. There's eight of you that have prepaid for CE credit. That's continuing education. You need to sign in now. If you'd like CE credit, five credits today, um, please stand up and go outside right now and sign up. That would be wonderful. At the end of the day, we'll take your um, uh, surveys, and then we will give you your certificate when you signed out at end of day. Um, there's another event upstairs. So if you see other people that you don't recognize, please smile and be friendly, but they are upstairs. I don't know if they're silent. I imagine you won't be silent today. I don't think they are either. But we'll post signs that say silence upstairs if that's a silent day long. Uh, for lunch, it's a gorgeous day. We have picnic baskets in the meadow. I mean, picnic tables <laughs> in the meadow. I haven't had breakfast, can you tell? And uh, please enjoy the spaces outside, but we do have an, an event in the upper retreat area that's silent, so I'll ask you please not to go to the upper retreat area. There's a sign, and it's posted. Um, if you forgot your lunch, you can see me. I'll give you directions to the Woodacre Deli. Now, I have very sad news today, which is the bookstore is closed for inventory. I'm so sad. But fortunately, Wes and Dan have brought books, CDs, poetry, cartoon books, <laughs> many, many things that we can purchase outside with cash or check and we'll put our money into envelopes in the cash box right outside here in the gathering hall. Now, because the bookstore is closed, there are no bells. Um, so when it's time to come back into the room, we will use this exterior bell outside, and that'll be for lunch as well. We'll ring that. And let's see. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, you'll receive a survey in your emails at home. And please fill that out. We do look at that, and we make changes based on uh, your thoughts and feelings. And finally, um, when the teachers ask for questions, you can use the mic just like I am. Put it very close to your mouth so we can hear your questions. And also, if you are having a hard time hearing me, we have assisted hearing devices in the back. Jesse has them. You're welcome to pick one up. They really work well. So now I'm going to introduce Dan and Wes. First of all, it occurs to me, Wes, there's a picture of you in the Gratitude Hut when you were a monk. Isn't that true? Next. Are you on an... M on an elephant? Me on an elephant, yes. Wes is, yes. So if you want to see that, and you shouldn't miss it. The Gratitude Hut is just up the road, and Wes has a shaved head. He's in robes, and he's sitting on an elephant. So please look for that. And that just goes to show he's been doing this for a while. That's, I knew there was some reason I brought that up. <laughs> Wes has been studying Buddhism, meditation, and teaching for a very long time. And, and the elephant got enlightened. 
And the elephant he was sitting on is now enlightened. Um, He has many books, and my favorite book is You Are Not Your Fault, which we do have outside. And Wes, you'll be teaching again in November, Liberation Dharma, and also Liberate the Body and Stretch the Mind, Yoga and Meditation. And Dan is our Feldenkrais teacher, who's very awesome. And I did a 10-day with you both, you might not remember. And um, he is has a master's in psychology and also teaches Feldenkrais. And he also has books outside. And he, in December, is teaching Relaxed and Awake. And next year, in March, The Wisdom of Aging. Oh, you're teaching this again. Excellent. So you can tell your friends. All right. Thank you so much. That was a lot of information. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Romy. Thanks, Romy. Romy, it's so good. And all of our volunteers, thank you too. And thank you all for coming out. What a, what a wonderful way to spend a, a day at this time of the year out here at Spirit Rock. And uh, There's a hint of autumn in the air. I don't know if we can, we can talk about aging as a, kind of the season of autumn uh, that kind of change that happens but this is the wisdom of aging uh, day long and together we will be exploring our own inner resources and our own inner wisdom sharing it with each other Uh, we'll be practicing throughout the day alternate sessions of Feldenkrais and uh, mindfulness meditation and uh, hopefully we'll get outside for some mindful walking practice Uh, it's just too too beautiful to stay inside all day we're going to be inside inside Uh, so we'll go outside outside as well um just a question, how many of you, for how many of you is this your first day long uh, at Spirit Rock? Quite a few. And, and how many of you have never done a, a retreat longer than a day, uh, day long? <coughs> well, it's very simple. You, you sit and close your eyes, and then uh, if you get confused or feel like you're making mistakes, look at the person sitting next to you and do what they're doing. (laughs) Works every time. So we're going to begin this morning with a short session of meditation practice. Uh, Mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness being... This quality that we all have and can cultivate, which is the ability to step outside of our own drama, outside of our thinking mind, outside of our tumultuous emotions, and simply be a witness, an observer, almost like a scientist, being as objective as we can be about ourselves as the subject. In other words, we try to maintain a 
a mind that's not reacting, that's not moving toward or away from our experience, but just letting that experience happen. And we start to, it starts to lose its power over us. It starts to lose its mastery of us. And we can begin to gain some mastery of our own, some freedom. That's why they call it the practice, the path of liberation. Because we're really learning how to free ourselves from the past that we carry with us as an animal, as a mammal, as a, as a particular human being with a particular history. Anyway, it's a noble and wondrous path. It's a lifelong path. But it's never too late to start. It's always about this moment. And in this moment, you're invited to be present in this moment. Just a a note, I I was reading a a list of benefits that come from mindfulness meditation. There are the usual, you know, lowers blood pressure, strengthens immune system, grows the good telomeres in the brain. Uh, And then it also said it helps prevent tooth decay. Uh, seriously, there's a, the chemical uh, consistency of the saliva changes, and people uh, have been reporting some research. I don't know who set up the research uh, <laughs> for such an odd thing, but so lots of benefits for being here today. Um, since we're going to be, we're, we're kind of spread out here. Um, just turn to somebody sitting somewhere near you and just say hello my name is I'm from just to kind of break the ice ooh that's a nice bell Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's sit back down. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Man, the social animal. We like to be connected. And it starts with connecting to ourselves. Somebody said meditation is a continual practice of loving yourself and loving the world. So sit up uh, straight as long as it feels comfortable to you, keeping your spine as straight as possible. Letting your shoulders relax. Letting your jaw relax. The area around your eyes.
Let your stomach feel soft. Just be aware of this body seated here. Feeling its weight, its shape. Feel the pressure points, the touch of the buttocks and legs on the chair. The feet on the ground or the pillow. Feel your basic aliveness. You know you're alive, but rarely do we let that fact reverberate, letting it become the ridgepole of our identity, one of the live ones. You can feel that aliveness in the warmth of your body. In the strength of your body, your ability to hold yourself upright. Dreams of sensation. All sorts of processes taking place inside the body.
And in the center of it all, that great pulse of breath. Let your attention settle on the sensations created by the breath. Wherever and however you feel it most strongly. The rise and fall of the chest. The movement of the abdomen. The tickle of the air going in and out of the nostrils. As you feel your breath, be aware that it is happening on its own. Take the attitude of receiving this flow of sensations. You don't have to create anything, do anything. You simply witness or feel this pulse of breath.
When you find that the mind has wandered or begun thinking, see if you can bring it back to the breath without any commentary, without any blame. What you are witnessing is the human condition. Don't take it too personally. Just what minds do.
Good job. I could tell. Uh, we'll have plenty of time for discussion and questions and things as we go through the day. But uh, we'll start just by introducing these practices. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just curious, how many, has anybody here done Feldenkrais work? Well, quite a few. Okay. Um, well, I'll explain what it is, and then we're going to be doing Feldenkrais lessons during the day. Um, just to give you some background, I, I've been doing this Feldenkrais practice for over 20 years, and um, partly I came to it because I had a bad back injury, and uh, this is one of the things that helped me to get better. And um, then I found it meshed really well with meditative practices and, and generally um, created a much more harmonious experience of the body. So uh, just a brief intro, uh, Feldenkrais, Moshe Feldenkrais was an Israeli physicist who um, also had studied judo and um, had a bad knee injury that his doctors had said if they tried to operate on it, 50% chance it would get better or worse. So given that, he decided to play around with it. And he was quite familiar with um, body awareness from his judo practice. He was one of the people who brought judo to the West. And he developed a method using movement to... Um, actually heal that, and then it turned into a full-fledged um, discipline. Part of it, he didn't, he was developing this in the 1940s and 50s, and didn't really have the kind of brain research that we have now. And one of the things that um, has become much studied and is now seen as an important avenue of healing is what's called neuroplasticity. Has anyone heard that word? So neuroplasticity is, means that the brain has an almost infinite capacity to learn and rewire itself, going all the way up uh, through our lives, uh, right into old age. And previously it was assumed that the brain had a limited capacity to do that, and now it's being as it's being studied, and we have the instruments to study that, this is now seen as an, a very amazing aspect of our bodies, minds, and um, Feldenkrais actually had tapped into this idea of neuroplasticity uh, before any discussion of it, but didn't really have the paradigm to talk about it. So if you want to read a good book about this or watch some videos on the net, I put it on the handout at the bottom on the page of the instructions. Norman Deutsch, who's a Canadian... A researcher, doctor, has written two books. He was the one who popularized neuroplasticity initially with this book called The, Brains, the Brain That Changes Itself. And his newest book, The Brain's Way of Healing, actually has a chapter just devoted to Feldenkrais and, and the application of neuroplasticity to this work. So I, I view this as a very innovative form of healing, actually. Um, and it's almost, in some ways, miraculous how it works. It is not exercise. People often think of it as a form of exercise. Feldenkrais himself referred to it as education. It's a 
somatic form of education, body-oriented education, that uses neuroplasticity. So you'll constantly hear me throughout the day saying, um, do less than you can do. Because in this method, it turns out that doing less actually produces better results. Because we're more able to listen to ourselves and experience what we're doing. So um, it's just the opposite of our common idea of, um, what's the word? If, you know, do my, more and do it harder. <laughs> it's just the opposite of that. Okay, so um, we're, it's all going to be experiential. So let's just start uh, with everybody stand up. And I have on the, the handout, actually, I'll stand up here so you can see me. I have on the handout some guidelines for doing these lessons. And if you like the lessons um, and you find them useful, I have a CD outside which has got my sort of top favorite lessons that I've created. Um, and this, you can really explore many dimensions. So the first thing we're going to do is, with Feldenkrais work, one of the ways you use it as a system of learning is you just notice um, what are called reference movements. So to begin with, one way of checking in with ourselves is as you stand, let your arms hang at your sides. And with this work throughout the whole day, if, if, you're, if I ask you to do something that doesn't feel comfortable, absolutely don't do it. Do, or do less of it until it feels comfortable. You make the adjustments. The primary thing to watch for during the day is your comfort. Right? So rest whenever you want, sit down whenever you want, take care of yourself. You're, you're going to learn a lot without having to do any straining. So let's just begin by feeling the sense of contact that you have with your feet on the floor and just noticing uh, where you feel that contact. Maybe it's on the insides of your feet, maybe on the outsides of your feet, maybe the front, maybe the back, or maybe you can't tell. You just feel the sensations. It's all fine just to notice it. And then do a, a slight movement of turning and looking towards your left and then coming back again. And just do it a couple of times. Let your arms hang at your sides. If you're glass, glass, holding them together, you're restricting your movement. And notice where you feel the movement as you're turning. Just to notice internally, where do you feel that movement? in your pelvis, in your spine, your neck, or maybe all over. And on one of these turns to the left, just going as far as only feels comfortable and coming back, notice how far you turn by picking a spot on the wall. But again, let your arms hang at your sides. If you're, if you're holding them together, you're restricting your movement. Okay, so just notice how far do you go and pick a spot on the wall. Everybody got that? And now we're going to do typical Feldenkrais things. We're going to add variations to the movement. The variations tend to change your habit patterns by introducing novelty. So this time, as you turn to the left, instead of looking to the left, look ahead. Keep your eyes looking ahead. So you're letting your body and head turn a little bit, but your eyes are staying focused straight ahead. See, you know, we don't typically do that. What we're doing is we're breaking a pattern. Usually the eyes go with the movement. So in this case, and you'll notice it feels a little strange, right? <laughs> yeah, so, and also keep breathing. <laughs> Very often when we have a new pattern we're working with, we start to hold our breath, which isn't really necessary. So you're turning 
And you're going to the left, but you're not looking to the left. You're looking straight ahead. And as you do it, come back again. And the next time you do it and you let the body go, but the eyes are looking ahead, let your jaw relax. Let your jaw be open while you turn. Yeah, right. It's almost as if you could drool while you were turning. Yes, and what does that do? That reorganizes your face and neck. Right, and come back again. Good. And just absorb the effect of that. That was a little movement change, right? And it starts to initiate new patterns. And now the next time you look to the left, with your eyes, look into the direction you're going and look to the left and notice how that little shift has affected how far you look. Go ahead and look to the left and look into it. Any change? Yeah? Did your place on the wall change? Yeah, right. We didn't do anything practically. We just broke a pattern. Let's do another pattern change. So this time, as your body goes to the left, let your head and neck look to the right a little bit. So now you're doing a contrast, but don't just flip your head over to the right. Let your body and your head slowly go in opposite directions at the same time and slowly come back. You don't have to go far. Do less than you can do. Be clear about the separation between the two. Right? And let your jaw relax and keep breathing. And come back. Yes. If you find you stop breathing, come back to breathing and then do the movement. Because when you stop breathing, that adds stress. Okay? So just a couple times. And notice within yourself where you feel the contrast between those two directions. Right? So the head goes to the right, but the body is going to the left, and then they come back again. Yeah. Let your arms hang at your sides. And it's okay to not know how to do it. <laughs> because this is really odd. Right? How often do we do this? And come back to the center. Just feel your contact through your feet. You'll have a chance to sit down in a moment. Feel that. And often when you do Feldenkrais movements like this, something gets initiated throughout the body. So some sort of change or something new can appear. That's fine. You're just absorbing the changes. Tune into your breathing. And then when you feel ready, again with your eyes getting very involved with your head, turn and look to the left and notice how that variation has affected your movement pattern. Any change again? Would you say you've gotten about a 5% change? 10%? How many people have 5%? 10%? Okay, almost everybody. So it's different than exercise. It's about changing the way your brain wires your body up. Okay, so now let's add one more variation, which is to um, put your arms out anywhere here where it feels comfortable. And now let your entire body go to the left, but let your arms go to the right. right? And come back again the same time. So keep your elbows relatively straight take your arms over to the right and let everything else go to the left. And feel where within yourself you feel the contrast. And keep breathing. Let your jaw relax. Let your face relax. A couple of times. 
Okay, there's another contrast there, breaking up patterns. Put your arms down for a second. And then bring your arms up again. And now, let all of yourself go around to the left. And feel how your ribs get involved as you rotate around to the left and come back. Can you feel when you bring your arms into it, how you naturally bring your torso into this rotation? So once or twice more, let your jaw relax, breathe, look into the direction, come back. And one more time, and this time as you do it, look at your fingers as you go to the left. Follow your fingers and hands and come back following them with your eyes. Good, now put them down. Just absorb the effects of this. Feel your contact of your feet on the floor. And then without thinking about it very much, but bringing your eyes into the movement, let yourself turn and look to the left completely and come back without forcing anything. Any change again? Okay, and have a seat. (laughs) So, before we take this into a little bit more extended lesson, we only did one side, but I'm willing to bet that when you turn and look to your right, something will have changed. And that's partly because when you change your wiring anywhere in the body, it tends to globally affect everything else. So I'm curious, how many people got at least a 10% improvement in your rotation? Okay. And could you feel that it didn't require a lot of effort to do that? In fact, less effort? So this is one of the amazing things about neuroplasticity and the Feldenkrais method is that if you just introduce novelty and variation into your movement, you actually will start to rewire your way of moving and perceiving. It changes your perception too. Um, So we don't have to do the other side. What we can do, I'm just curious to check this out. How many people here are, well, let me put it this way. How many people are comfortable lying down on the floor? Is there anybody who isn't, I'll ask this since everybody, anybody not comfortable lying down on the floor? You're all good for lying down on the floor? Okay. Two people in the back? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. If you put your knees up, is that okay? Okay. We'll do chair activities, but um, I'd like to do something on the floor while everybody's really awake in the morning. So, you know, if you do it at, after lunch, it's pretty easy to just pass out. So, um, let's do this then. I'm gonna, and I am going to show you how to get down onto the floor. Um, so when you're going, everybody see me, if you can't see me, take a look, uh, I'll come here in the middle. So when you're getting down onto the floor, I want you to feel perfectly comfortable using chairs to support yourself, to stabilize yourself. As you go down, the key thing is getting down. Everybody see, if you can't see, stand up and take a look. The key thing is to go down slowly and get onto your side first. So you're stretching out and then rolling over onto your back. And then when you get up, you're rolling over and letting your head and neck relax and coming up. And the reason for this is because if you just go down backwards like this and go, right? And then you're getting up and you go, 
Well, that's not great for your neck and back, right? It doesn't really allow them to relax. So one of the ways in which to promote self-care through the method is, because you're going to feel really good after doing this initial lesson lying down, is to preserve it and let your head, neck, and spine relax and make use of the lesson. So has everybody got that? And remember, as we do the lessons, if there's anything that doesn't feel comfortable for you, don't do it. Just imagine it. You'll still get benefits from it. Imagining the movement patterns, the lessons, works just as well most of the time as doing them. It's amazing. Okay? Is everybody ready? Let's get down on the floor. If you need to have a pillow under your head, that's fine. Um, You can have your knees up if that is more comfortable for you. Absolutely, you can have cushions down, whatever works for you. Be sure to roll onto your side first and then on your back. And if you need a pillow under your head, that's perfectly fine. Or under your legs. Wes, I'm going to take about 20 minutes for this lesson. Okay? Really take care of yourself. If you want to have your knees up, that's perfectly fine. Or if you want something under your knees... So once you're lying down, just sense the contact that you make with the floor. Whether you have your knees up or feet are flat or legs outstretched, all of it's fine. Sense the contact that you have with the floor. Notice the contact of your feet with the floor, your legs with the floor. your pelvis with the floor. Notice the contact of your spine and back with the floor, your ribs with the floor. Notice the contact of your shoulders and arms with the floor. Notice the contact of your head with the floor. Notice if the two sides of yourself have a different kind of contact with the floor. If you were to put a ball right in the middle of your pelvis, would it roll to the left or to the right? Or would it just stay right in the middle? And if you were dipped into a bottle of ink and blotted onto a page, where would you have ink impressions? Where would there be ink spots of your pressure contact with the floor? And where would there be white spots? This would be your pressure signature with the floor. We'll come back to this at the end. And then notice your breathing, your natural breathing pattern. Notice how the breath automatically moves through you. 
And that certain parts of yourself are affected by your breathing. This natural rhythm of breath, the rhythm of life as breath, just to become attuned to it, aware of it. To rest in it. Your natural rhythm of breathing. And then bring your knees up so your feet are flat on the floor. And find a comfortable position for your feet and legs so it's easy to keep them up. And feel how that changes your pressure contact of your back and pelvis. And then do a very light, easy movement of slowly taking your legs over to the left and coming back to the center, slowly. And not as far as you could go, just find a comfortable range of going over and coming back slowly so that it's easy to reverse directions. If you're letting them flop all the way over to the end, that's too big. Do half of that. Do less than you can do to the left, just to the left and come back. And as you do this movement, with your feet flat on the floor, as you do this movement, feel how taking your legs over to the left changes the pressure contact in your pelvis and your feet. So your feet are flat on the floor. They obviously will shift weight as you take your legs over to the left, but you're keeping them in place. You're not moving your feet. You're moving your legs. Right? So your feet stay stable in one spot. Okay, so do that a couple times and keep sensing as you do that how the movement of the legs over to the side affects the pressure contact of your pelvis. And if you can, harmonize that movement with your breathing and let your jaw and face relax. In fact, you can even let your jaw hang open a little bit. Good, and come back to the center and just pause for a moment. And just sense from doing those few small movements how that's affected you. Just notice the presence of the whole body and just feel how that's affected you. And then take your legs over to the right, keeping your feet in place slowly, slowly, and then reverse and come back to the center. A guide is that it should be very easy to reverse directions, to come back again. So don't let them flop over all the way at the end. You want to go over smoothly to the right and then easily reverse directions and come back to the center. And make sure that you don't need to hold your breath, that you can keep breathing easily as you do this. Right? You're, you're 
letting your breath and the movement of your legs accommodate to each other. And feel how the movement of the legs going to the right also changes the pressure contact in your feet and your pelvis. And perhaps other parts of yourself are getting involved. Maybe your spine starts to rotate or your ribs change their pressure contact. And harmonize it with your breathing. Just a few times. Does the going over to the right feel different from the left? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And come back to the center. And just pause for a moment with your legs up, the center. Just attune to your breathing. And then when you're ready, take your legs over to the left and to the right, slowly, and notice how the pressure contact on your pelvis, slowly, slowly, you're not just tossing them over to one side and back again, you're feeling every part of the movement, every part of the movement. Let your jaw hang open a little bit and relax, keep breathing. And notice, is there a difference taking your legs to one side or the other? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Maybe you feel the rotation that the legs going to the side brings to the upper part of the body differently on one side than the other. And notice which parts of yourself and your body get involved with the movement of your legs going over to the left and to the right. Make the movement small enough that it's very easy to reverse. Some of you are dropping your legs all the way to the end of the movement. You don't need to go there. Do less than you can do. Do 50% less than you could do. The key is to make it a smooth, easy, reversible motion. And it's not a stretch. It's just fluid movement. And harmonize this movement with your breathing and feel how taking your legs over to the left and the right affects your spine and upper body and even your head. Good. And come back to the center. If you want, you can stretch out, take a rest. If you want to keep your knees up and feet flat, that's fine. You can also do anything you need to do to feel comfortable. Right? If you need to bring your knees over your chest and just give your back a little massage, that's perfectly fine. And eventually when you're resting in whatever position you're resting in, just sense the effect of these movements. Has anything shifted in your awareness of your body? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Maybe your contact with the floor has changed. You're just resting and absorbing the effects of the movements. Resting is an important way to integrate changes. It allows you to actually sense how what you're doing is affecting you. Sometimes that's an aspect of life that gets lost in the way we live. Noticing how the way we move and act affects us.
That's part of what mindfulness is, is to take that in, to notice that. Just resting and absorbing the effects of the movements. And now bring your knees up, feet flat on the floor, find a comfortable position for your legs. And the next time you take your legs over to the left and then bring them back to the center, let your head roll a little bit to the right and then come back. So your head and your legs are going in opposite directions from each other. But again, don't go all the way to the end of the movement. Do less than you can do. Find a way to make it smooth and coordinated. So as the legs go to the left, the head goes to the right, and then they come back and meet in the center at the same time. Go for coordination rather than the size of the movement. And stay fluid throughout. Don't stop anywhere. Easily go out and come back. And as you do this contrasting movement, notice where in yourself you feel the contrast. And let yourself breathe and accommodate the movements to your breath. Let your jaw relax. Let your eyes relax. Let your face relax. Really coordinate them so they happen together. The head and the legs going in opposite directions, feeling where you have that sense of contrast within yourself, within your spine, your back. And come back. See if you can make the movement smoother, lighter, requiring less effort. You're just doing just enough so that you can sense the pattern of the movement, but you're not overexerting in any way. Good, and come back to the center and sense how that affected you. And then when you're ready, take your legs over to the right and your head over to the left and come back to the center again, just the opposite. And again, sense where do you feel the contrast of the two directions within yourself? Which region of yourself? And see if you can coordinate it again. Your head and legs start to move out together in opposite directions. They pause and come back together. So you really have this coordinated sense of the upper part of yourself going in one direction, the lower part in the opposite direction, and then coming back together again. Really check in to make sure you're breathing as you do this. If you're holding your breath, Stop the movement. Return to your natural breathing pattern. Good. And then come back to the center again. Pause for a moment. If you need to rest, you can. But now we're going to combine both directions. Let the legs go out to the right. The head goes over to the left. They cross back through the middle. The legs go over to the right. The head goes to the left. Slowly, coordinated, do less than you can do. Focus on the coordination rather than the size of the movement. 
and make sure you're breathing throughout the movement. Let the movement and your breath harmonize with each other so the movement can ride with the breath. Let your jaw hang open a little bit. Let your eyes relax. And notice where you feel the contrast as you go in each direction. Where within yourself do you feel the contrast? And is there a way to let more parts of yourself become involved in this? So that it makes it easier and lighter to do. So you feel a little bit more fluid. Again, don't take it into this big stretch you're trying to do. It's not a stretch. It's not about that. It's about coordination and ease. Good, and then come back to the center. And this time, let the head and the legs move in the same direction together. So the head and, head and the legs go over to the right together. The head and the legs cross back through the middle together. And then they go over to the left together. So you're rotating like a cylinder and notice how the movement of the head in coordination with the legs affects your spine. So the head and the legs and the spine are all in communication with each other. Make the movement small enough so you can really detect the way all of you moves together. And make it light and easy and accommodated to your breathing. Let your face, eyes, and jaw relax. The movement could be so small that somebody looking from the outside wouldn't even see it. That's perfectly fine. You can sense it internally. Nice. And then gradually reduce the size of the movement going to each direction until it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you come to the very center of the movement. And just sense how that movement has affected you till you come to the very center, the very neutral place where it would be easy to move in either direction. We'll call that the neutral center. And pause for a moment and then stretch out and take a rest. You can rest in any position you want. If you want to keep your knees up, that's fine too. Whatever's comfortable. Make sure you take care of yourself. If you need to bring your knees or legs over your body and give your back a little massage, that's fine. And just sense the presence of the body at rest. Notice how the movements have affected you. Perhaps you have an awareness of different regions of yourself. Perhaps your sense of contact with the floor is changing. Just sensing how the movements have affected you, absorbing these changes. Just resting with your natural breathing.
Just absorbing the effects of the movements. Sensing the presence of the whole body at rest. And then one last time, bring your knees up, feet flat on the floor. And now, take hold of your opposite elbow. So the right hand is holding the left elbow, the left hand is holding the right elbow. And form a little box and bring it up over your chest. So your arms are perpendicular and they form like a little box. And if this is uncomfortable, you don't have to do it, but if you can do it, that's fine. Hold each elbow, or if you want, hold your forearms. It doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable to hold the elbows. Find a comfortable way to hold each arm, whatever works for you. And then let your shoulders relax and the floor support your arms. And now, when you take your legs over to the left, take your head over to the left, and take your arms over to the right in opposite directions. Slowly, make it coordinated and come back. It's not like you just shove your arms over and then take your legs over. Coordinate them all together. So as the head and legs go to the left, at the same time, your box is going to the right, and then they come back to the middle together, and you breathe, and you let your jaw relax, You let your eyes relax. You harmonize it with your breathing. Slowly. And notice which parts of you are you feeling some awareness of this. Do you feel a contrast in yourself somewhere between the two directions? Do less than you can do. Don't try to force anything. Just do less until it feels light, comfortable, smooth, easy. It's not a stretch. Do less. All you're doing is trying to coordinate opposite directions. Good. And come back to the center and do the reverse movement again. So now the arms go to the left, the head and the legs go to the right, slowly, slowly, and come back. Let your jaw relax, breathe. Do less, do less than you can do so that it feels very light, smooth, and easy. Only do the first 15 or 20% of the movement. You get just as much benefit. Okay, and then come back to the center. Notice where you feel the contrast. And now... Go in both directions. So as the head and the legs go to the left, the arms go to the right. As they cross back through the center, they all do so at the same time. Then the legs and the head go to the right, the arms go to the left, slowly, slowly. Cross back through the center at the same time. Your jaws relax, your eyes are relaxed. And notice which parts of yourself are getting involved in this movement. Just a few times.
Can you feel how your ribs become involved? Feel the changing pressure contact of your pelvis and your back. And slowly reduce the movements until you're back into the center, doing less and less on each side till you come to that neutral middle place. Put your arms down, just sense the effects of the movements. And then stretch out, take a final rest. Notice where your awareness is naturally drawn to. Become aware of the natural rhythm of your breathing. And return once again to noticing your contact with the floor, the pressure contact with your floor. If you were dipped into a bottle of ink and blotted onto a page, notice what your ink impression would be like now. Would your ink impression have changed from when you started the lesson? other areas of you that are touching the floor now that weren't touching in the beginning. And return to noticing your breath and how your breath is influencing other parts of you. Can you feel the way the breath moves through you naturally now? And are there regions of yourself that you feel more aware of or that feel awake in a different way? Maybe so, maybe not. You're just checking it out. And notice the two sides of yourself, the right and left side. If you were to put a ball right in the middle of your pelvis, would it roll to either side? Has the contact of either side with the floor changed in some way? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. You're just checking it out. And then bring your knees up, feet flat on the floor, and you can bring them over your chest if you want. Take hold of them with your arms and just give your back a little massage. That's fine if that's comfortable for you. If it isn't, no need to do that. Just roll a little to the side. But notice as you roll a little to the left and the right, which parts of yourself get involved in the movement. Good. And then slowly, let that go. And slowly, taking your time, really taking your time, you can roll to a side and very slowly make your way up. If you need to use a chair for support, that's perfectly fine. Remember, roll to a side and slowly make your way up. Start to use what you learned in the lesson 
to make the movement coordinated for yourself. Yes, take your time coming back up. Take your time. Slowly make your way to standing, but take your time. There's no rush. Let each movement be very conscious for you. And then when you're standing and you come up, let your arms hang at your sides, taking your time coming up. Let your arms hang at your sides. And let's check in and see how the lesson has affected your standing. Notice the contact that you make with the floor. Put yourself in relatively the same position you were in when we started the whole thing. So you're in a similar orientation. And notice... What's the contact feel like now with the floor? Has that changed in any way? Maybe you're in contact in different parts of your feet. And let's do a movement to check out how this lesson has affected your rotation when you're standing. Without thinking about it very much, go ahead and turn and look to the left and come back a couple times. And notice, has the lesson on the floor affected your rotation yet again as you rotate while standing? You know where your original marker was. How is it now? And notice, do you feel parts of yourself involved in this rotation that weren't involved initially? Check it out. Are there parts of yourself that are helping you out now? Just notice where they are. Good. And we haven't done this at all, but go ahead and turn and look to the right and notice what that's like. How's that feel? Good. And just let's take that looking to the left and coming back through the center, looking to the right and coming back in the center and feel how the turning changes the pressure contact of your feet on the floor. Great. And everybody have a seat. Okay, and um, that was a little introduction to typical Feldenkrais lesson. And this is not unusual what we did was we took a very basic theme, which is rotation, something we do every day. We did it in one orientation, standing. We threw in some variations. And then we repeated the same theme, lying down, with a little more complexity. The difference is when you're lying down, you're out of gravity, so you don't have to support yourself. So often a lot of other changes take place as well. And then we came back, stood again, and retested it and saw how the lying down variation affected the standing variation. It's a very common structure of Feldenkrais lessons, theme and variation. Curious what you noticed. How was it for you? Did you have a change in your range of movement? Yes? Anybody want to comment on things you noticed as you did this? Yes? And you want to use microphones? Do we have... Somebody helping with microphones or passing them? Or... Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I have scoliosis, 
Yeah, put it okay. right up to your mouth. Okay, I have scoliosis, so yes. I'm always looking for symmetry, and I um, don't I, I don't always find it. <laughs> but I was feeling much more um, symmetrical and upright. Yeah. And balanced. Nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. Okay, <laughs> a little more symmetry from the lesson. Sure. What other effects did it have for you? Did anybody notice any differences after the lesson? <laughs> let's let's hear some reports. Yes. Um, here, you can use the mic so people can hear you. Coming back to my feet at the end, yes. the pressure points on my feet, I felt much more even all around my foot and much more solid, sort of uh-huh. ground. Much more solid contact. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have a comment over here, right here. Yeah, the same experience with the feet. It was almost as if my arches dropped and I had much more contact with the earth and uh, mm-hmm. uh, released a lot of muscular tension. In the other parts of your body? Throughout my body. Yes. Yeah. And so you had the sense of dropping down into your feet more? Yes. And the contact had a, a stable sense for you? Yes. Okay, nice. One of the big changes was the ink plot. I was pretty sure it was all the way to the left, and then it was like a, a thin line right in the center. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it just seemed very odd, like like a, a really almost like a pencil thin line from a sort of a, a more meaty blot. Okay, but it moved left. more centrally. Yeah. So you felt your, felt your central contact deepening. Yeah. Sure. Okay, other comments? Anybody else? Yes, over here. Wait, there's a mic coming over. Um, in the beginning, the rotation was mostly centered on my shoulders, pulling my body over. Mm-hmm. At the end, my lower back and lower body was much more involved in that rotation. Yeah. So the, the whole body was working in the rotation. Nice. In the beginning. So you had a fuller sense of participation in, in the movement throughout yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Did anybody else notice that more full? Yeah. So one of the orientations with the Feldenkrais work is that, and one of the things that happens to us is that we tend to become um, partitioned, you know, into separate parts. Uh, we become fragmented in the way we use ourselves. And so parts of ourselves get cut off from getting assistance from other parts of our own structure. And so we get these isolated injuries, you know, excessive wrist strain or shoulder strain or whatever it might be, neck strain. With the lessons, what happens is gradually you start to bring in your entire structure to give you assistance in whatever you're doing. So you globally use more and more of yourself, and that keeps reducing the stress on individual parts, kind of what you're talking about. Okay. Good. Do we have anybody else? One more comment or cut two more comments and then we'll come back. Hi. Uh, What I noticed is when we had part of our awareness going to the left and the opposite to the right, that my consciousness, my presence expanded. Yeah. So it wasn't just turning, but I was aware of the whole. And that was, so when I stopped and was silent, I... I felt my expansion, and yes. that was really lovely. It's like meditation. Yes, that your sense of awareness actually started to open yes. up it's into the periphery more. Yes, and a, a calmness 
from that. So thank you. Yeah, that's a side effect that often happens with lessons too, is the sense of awareness opens out. Yeah. Um, I have hip pain, and I'm kind of headed for a hip replacement. And I was so I was anxious, a little nervous about doing this, but I actually think I noticed that my as I got more relaxed in the motion, my pain decreased. Nice. Nice. Good, and that's a really key thing, that as you found a way to be more relaxed in the movements themselves, that often helps with pain reduction. That sense of, of doing just the right amount of movement for yourself. Yeah. Uh, I noticed when um, we were lying down and you were saying, be aware of the pressure points. In the beginning, you know, I was acutely aware of my shoulder my hip bones and actually my heels and the back of my head. And then in the end, when you said, okay, now stretch out your legs and be aware of all those, I felt like I was just all one. It was so bizarre. I didn't feel any pressure points at all. I just felt like I had melted into myself. It was bizarre. So the experience uh, physically was one of a, a sense of unification through exactly. yourself, yes. going back to a, a more unified space. Right. Lovely. Yeah. Great. And that is also another side effect in doing the lessons is that the fragmentation of parts starts to dissolve and the sense of the presence of the body becomes much more of a unified presence altogether. Yes. And okay. as Woody Allen says, those achieving oneness can now move on to twoness. <laughs> yes, and threeness. Okay, so that's a little introduction. We'll be returning to doing this more. Um, but there you have it, a little introduction. And, and what we'd like to do next is... Um, we'll, we'll hear more. Uh, there'll be more comments, more room for comments too. Is that we want to um, introduce um, our first inquiry with each other. Um, And the idea with this is that um, that all of us, having lived a certain amount of time and had a certain amount of experience, have acquired a certain kind of insight or wisdom from our lives. You know, that's the whole thing with life is, is that hopefully we're using life experience as a way to develop our insight and understanding. So we have created a few inquiry questions around aging, the experience of aging, and we have an opportunity to basically learn from each other. But also, I think this is a a benefit of doing something like this, is that sometimes when people talk about aging, um, we have what we might call our standard responses to aging, right? Our cliche responses, our stereotypic ways in which society treats aging. Um, We live in a pretty age-averse society. It's very youth-focused. So I don't think we have as much of an opportunity to speak freely and to really explore what we might say is the truth of our experiences or our own understanding and to listen to each other in a way where we're not just trying to slap on something, right? We actually are moving into a space of just really taking it in, seeking to understand, seeking to learn through dialogue. 
So we can create a very open space, especially when we're using meditative practices to slow ourselves down and to open up in our awareness. So I see these inquiries as a place to really deepen understanding through listening as well as speaking. Right? There's a beautiful aspect of when we listen in ways that are open that allow people to access themselves differently too. Do you know what I mean? That, that open listening. So um, we want to have you divide into groups of three. Maybe we'll need a group of four, but three. And um, to explore a couple of inquiry questions together. And if you have in your handout that you have, there's one that says the wisdom of aging, discussion questions. And these are just questions to launch into a conversation. We'll probably take about maybe 10, 15 minutes to do this. We'll let you know. We'll ring a gong gently when the five-minute mark is up so everybody gets at least around four or five minutes before we come to an end. Um, So three people per group will work well. Um, And you're just going to explore question number one, which is what does aging feel like for you now? to explore that, to hear it. Often, aging, in my experience, I've I've, uh, had the luck to work with people who are older from when I was 18 years old. I've always been in touch with people who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s as part of my life path. And I've often found that each decade reveals something It's like an undiscovered country, you know? It reveals something in terms of challenges, insights, um, understandings about who I am now, you know? It's like we always are updating who we are as we keep moving ahead into different ages. So it's an opportunity to really speak about that in a very open, supportive way. All right? Does that that make sense to everybody? Can we ask uh, how many people here are under 55? Yeah, so I think it's a chance to... Um, welcome. Welcome, yeah. Really, aging is its a universal experience, and everybody's doing it. So <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, if you're older, you're privileged to be doing it. It's, it's the, the norm of human life. So really, there's so much that we can learn from each other in terms of um, even cross-generational experiences. It's a very powerful form of teaching, I think, to hear each other's life experiences. So, um, How many are over 80? Okay, so a lot of range. Okay, so everybody get into a group of three if you need to move your chairs closer to each other. We'll give a gentle... Gong when five minutes is up means we should definitely be switching to a new partner. And you're discussing the questions under number one.
So you're just doing the questions in number one. That's all. So the second person should be able to talk if they haven't switched.
Make sure you switch to another person if you haven't. minute or two. There's another one. Okay, um, can I get your attention for a second? Stay in your groups, stay in your groups. Let me just get your attention for a final part of this. Um, you've had a chance now to talk about both what your experience is like with aging, some of the challenges. I'd like you to just take another minute or two to notice if there were some common themes that surfaced in the discussion. Just highlight, uh, get a sense of you know, what were some of the common themes that arose from this conversation? We'll take two minutes to do this. Go ahead.
Okay. You can stay in your groups. You can stay in your groups. What we want to do now, what we want to do now is to hear some of the things you discovered in this conversation, just to start to open up the conversation. These inquiry questions are going to just keep opening up the conversation as we do some of the meditative Feldenkrais practices that will also open up the way in which you have conversations. So we thought we would just hear what kinds of things did you discover or talk about or common themes that arose about aging, the experience of aging, and the challenges of aging as a way to open up this conversation. So anybody, just raise your hand and someone will bring over a mic. Let them go back to sitting where they want. No, I want to be okay. okay. Yes. Um, we, we discovered um, commonality in accepting limits in our, with our bodies Mm-hmm. Um, we, the strength isn't there as much as it used to be, and uh, also uh, commonality in enjoying the quality of experience rather than the quantity of it. Mm. The quali- focusing the, on the quality. Yes, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is this on? Good. So yes. the three of us found uh, one thing in common, which was pain, uh, mostly <laughs> physical. Uh, and also, the pain doesn't um, go away as quickly as uh, in an earlier era. Uh, the other is uh, emotional you know, pain. Um, okay, so pain is one. Uh, another is uh, transition, you know, feeling uh, the changes, the transitions. And let's see, um, another one is um, a feeling of being more at ease uh, with others, with myself with ourselves, feeling of ease. Hmm. Pain, Pain, going through a transition of life and feeling more at ease. Yes. Um, uh, we th- we'd like to add to that um, search for deeper connections as we age. Um, just instead of superficial discussions or activities, we want to hang around more interesting people, I think. And mm. By deeper, meaning people that you're more interested in and, and activities that are really more related to underlying interests. Right. Okay. More meaningful interactions. Mm-hmm. More fulfilling. Yes. Okay. This group here. Yeah. Uh, we noticed uh, that we like to spend more quiet time with ourselves rather than being out in the middle of a concert. And I wouldn't be out there anyway because where am I going to pee? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes. And, uh, not because of what just happened in Las Vegas. Yeah. But there are, you know, considerations like that. But I just enjoy more and more, and I think we enjoy more and more, of just I like to reminisce about the good times I've had together and uh, be quiet and peaceful and have quality connection. When I do go out, I'm really happy to be here at Spirit Rock. I haven't been here in a while. So I am really glad, and I'm coming more frequently, because I need community and spiritual connection. I think we all realize that that's so important as we're reaching our golden years. (laughs) Yes, community, connection, enjoying the presence of your own company. Yes. Um, we, a couple of us noticed 
we have some, we're in the resistance phase. Mm-hmm. Um, we too, and, and I'm forgetting your name. She's a little older, so she reminded us that this too shall pass. That we're, we're, we're still pretending we're not older and, you know, hoping that's not happening, but that that, that will change and that there will be more comfort level to, to that. Uh-huh. Interesting, getting guidance on the resistance phase even as you're experiencing it. Yeah. Yes. Other observations, comments over here, this group over here in the back. Um, Two out of three of us did uh, discuss um, keeping keeping as active as physically active and um, mentally active as possible by uh, swimming, going to the gym, um, just, um, you know, also needing to pay more attention uh, to the body, but but staying active and the ability of still um, having a feeling of of youth, of a little adrenaline rush, a little feeling of of strength um, when leaving the gym or having having gone swimming. Mm, okay, yeah, the importance of activity. Biking. Yeah. Um, in our group, I think we were pretty much all agreed that we were dealing with physical, the acceptance of physical issues, um, and Nan made a really great comment where she said when she realized that she, we may have to pull back in certain ways, actually once you surrender to that, that opens up a space for other things to happen. And like, you know, in terms of pursuing more spiritual things yeah. or um, like time by yourself and just opening up other areas that you maybe never pursued in your life before. So that was a very positive thing. Uh-huh. New explorations, opportunities for that, yeah. Yes. A hard little pod here, a common theme that showed up, is uh, coming to grips with loss and many different kinds of loss. Loss of control in general over the things that are happening and, and being more open emotionally, um, even if it doesn't include acceptance quite responding in an authentic way and having our grieving process and letting ourselves cry and all of that. So, yeah, we, we had some commonality here and I think that resonates out to our age group in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dealing with the sense of loss to get, discovering that. Yes, and I think over here. I think we discussed, uh, on some level, the sense of insecurity, both in terms of financial insecurity, in terms of, of um, insecurity of where support will come from, um, family, friends, uh, who, who will still be around when we need them, um, beyond what our current needs are. But the sense of insecurity seemed to... Be seemed to surface in the, the conversation, yes. Okay. Is there another? Yes. I think one of the common themes in our group was um, the fact that uh, with many of our uh, significant, our children and family members that um, we kind of feel marginalized. 
that um, we don't feel the significance and importance that we would like to feel in terms of our value to their to them and to our families. Uh-huh. Um, there's really a diminished sense of that, and we really all kind of concurred on that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, the change in relationship and the impo- and the priority, the sense of priority of being in relationship with significant family members and others. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, so so this is a a, a first um, first pass of opening up the conversation. We're going to have other inquiry periods, and um, you know they'll really be coming paired with experiences of meditation. So our sense is that the possibility for conversation, for understanding, for insight, for sharing, you know, this can be a a, a fertile ground for opening up the conversation. And seeing what unfolds naturally when we're pairing meditation, a sense of presence of the body, and a sense of deep listening with each other to open that up. Um, One thing I didn't mention that would be useful is that since you're able to share um, personal information in these conversations, that we agree to uh, confidentiality so that um, whatever we're talking about is, is kept confidential to this group, to this room, or to the group. Is, is that okay for everybody? So you feel, you know, obviously you can share whatever you wish, but just that we have a general sense that that's the case for us together. Yeah? No problems with it. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so what we thought we'd do now is take a 10-minute break um, and well, then we'll re-meet. We'll ring the bell for coming back in 10 minutes, and then we'll continue on with uh, meditation and Feltenkrais both.
Bring your attention inward. Feel your whole body seated here. The Buddha said that true happiness could only be found by eliminating the false conceit of I or self. And as he guides us to take our mindfulness and explore our body, breath, thoughts, feelings, we will discover that This is not I, this is not me, this is not myself. And he often says things like, this body is not mine or anyone else's. It has arisen due to causes and conditions. If this body were mine, I could make it be like this or like that. I could stop it from feeling pain. And I could stop it from getting old. So as you feel yourself seated here. Older. Aging. Can you feel your body with full acceptance? What does your body feel like at this age? Is there some of your experience that you don't want to accept? Loss of energy, a particular area of pain,
Notice whatever feelings or emotions might arise as you notice experiences of the body that you find it difficult to accept or that you find a sadness and letting go of. Can you acknowledge that these feelings are universal, perfectly human? taken me a lifetime to acknowledge that I'm perfectly human. These feelings
See if you can feel what you're feeling with an open-heartedness. A welcoming, receiving attitude. Saying this too. This too is part of life, part of my experience. You can always come back to the refuge of breath. The sensations of the, of the breath. Being your home base. Your primary identity. Being alive. Breathing. might reflect as you breathe that with each breath you exchange nutrients with the plant kingdom that with each breath you are taking part in the great breathing of the planet Notice how breathing is happening on its own. At the end of each exhale, for a few breaths, bring your attention to somewhere else on your body, and then the next in-breath will be a surprise, a gift.
This body is not mine or anyone else's. It has arisen due to causes and conditions. For a few moments, move your upper and lower teeth together. Take a hand and feel your knee or your elbow, the hardness of bone. Your bones are made of calcium, phosphates, silicates, carbon, essentially the clay of earth molded into this skeletal shape. Not only on the earth, we're of the earth. In the final few minutes, once again, just feeling your aliveness. The sensations. Even the thoughts, a sign of life.
when you hear the bell and open your eyes, it's not a signal to stop being mindful. It's a great opportunity. So for those who, if you have any questions about this, this is intro meditation practice, mindfulness, feel free to ask. If you don't have questions, we'll move on to the next thing, but feel free if any questions. Okay. Any, any answers? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so what we're going to do next then is um, we're going to take uh, some Feldenkrais um, lessons into walking outside. And we'll do this in a particular way. So everybody come to standing. Let your arms hang at your sides. And so you had an experience in the earlier lesson of that activity of reducing the size of your leg shifting until you got very into the middle of it, right? Into what I call the neutral place. So we're going to experiment with finding our sense of neutrality and how that affects our contact when we're standing or walking and how that also affects our sense of perception. Um, So this will be an experiment in a way, and also gives you a chance to try it out outside. So once again, just sense the contact of your feet with the ground. And notice, do you feel the contact on the inside, the outside, the front, the back, or maybe it's not clear and you just sense the contact. Just sense the contact. And while you're standing, sensing the contact, just notice how you're looking. Where are you looking? If you have your eyes shut, open your eyes. And just notice how sensing the contact of your feet and looking are occurring. All right, so now, begin a movement of shifting your weight over onto your left leg slowly, feeling how you give your weight into that leg, and then coming back to the center. And just again, coming over to the left leg 
and back to the center. Let your arms hang at your sides. Right? Every time you position your arms in some sort of locked position, you're constraining the flow of movement through yourself. Sometimes that might be useful, but it doesn't seem like it would be needed right now. So you're just going over to the left and coming back again. And just sensing, what's that like to just shift my weight over to the left and come back? And then come back to the center. And then slowly shift your weight over to the right leg and come back to the center. And it's okay if you do this with your eyes shut, but I also want you to do it with your eyes open because the eyes have a big impact on how you organize yourself physically. So coming back over and noticing how you're looking with your eyes. And notice, does this leg feel any different than the other leg when you shift into it? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We're checking it out. It's not unusual for us to have asymmetries in our organization. And come back to the center. And now... Shift your weight between the two legs. So you're going over to the left, coming back through the center, coming over to the right, and noticing if there is indeed a difference in the way in which you give your weight to one leg and over to the other leg and to the other leg. Is there a difference? It could be a physical difference or it could be Maybe a psychological or emotional difference. Maybe one leg feels a little more secure than the other. Or maybe there's no difference at all. And then gradually reduce your weight shifting until you keep making it smaller and smaller and smaller. And you have the sense of coming into the very center of the movement where it would be easy to move in either direction. Let's call that your relative neutrality. And again, let your arms hang at your sides. Look out. And notice, just from weight shifting, did that change your sense of contact through your legs at all? Your feet? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Usually it will. Just because we're adding variation to our movement and our stance. Okay, so now let's add another variation. And that is... Shift your weight just a tiny bit forward and come back to your center. So not enough to destabilize you, but just a sense of beginning to shift into the weight so it goes a little more towards the front of the feet and come back. And if you're doing this with your eyes shut, definitely do it with your eyes open. So have to find what's the right amount of shifting forward and coming back so you don't get too destabilized. Good, and come back again to the center. And now, a tiny bit of shifting your weight a little bit into your heels and coming back. So now what we're playing with is distributing the pressure contact through the feet in ways that we don't typically do. Can you feel shifting slightly into the heels and coming back? If you're doing it with your eyes shut, most definitely do it with your eyes open too because your eyes will help you organize the movement. Good, and come back into the center. And now, combine the two directions. So a tiny bit forward, feeling the weight shift forward in your feet, 
come back into the neutral center and a little bit back into the heel and come through the center a little bit forward. And as you do this, be sure to look out with your eyes and notice how the weight shifting is affecting your sense of vision. Yeah, not too much, just enough to feel the weight shifting and then start reducing it to make it smaller and smaller and come back into the very center. And notice, has your sense of contact changed from adding that variation? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Good. And now just move around a little bit. Let your arms move, shake out a little. Let's add one more variation and then we're going to take this into walking. Okay. So now we've done all four directions, cardinal directions. Now what we're going to do is add a spiraling movement. So now I want you to shift a little to the left, a little bit forward, a little to the right, a little bit back. So you're creating a dynamic circling effect through yourself, through your central axis. And let your jaw relax and keep breathing. Notice how when you add complexity, the tendency might be to stop breathing. So whenever you notice that you're stopping breathing, stop the movement and retune into your natural breathing. Because when you integrate movement patterns with your natural rhythm of breathing, you're going to get an improvement in your functioning. When you stop breathing, you're adding stress. Right. So notice, is there a way to do this little spiraling around? And now what you're going to do is reduce the size of the movement so you're spiraling gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you come right into the very center of yourself. And be sure to look around. Okay, come to that very neutral center. Feel your contact with the floor. And now let's reverse the direction. So did you go clockwise? Let's start a counterclockwise movement. So you're shifting to the right maybe, coming forward, going to the left, going back. You're circling, feeling how the weight shifting is changing your pressure contact through your feet, and then slowly making the circling smaller and smaller. See if you can do it in a way where you're feeling the very center of yourself, so you're not kind of doing that kind of taking yourself over to the sides, you're actually staying fairly centered in yourself. And let your jaw relax and keep breathing and reduce the size of the circling smaller and smaller and smaller until you come into the very center of yourself. And sense the contact. Has the contact with your feet changed a little? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. But one thing that this does do is it adds a lot of variation into your foot contact, which is something we don't typically do. We just walk around and don't play with the variation. You notice it when you're on uneven surfaces, right? Or you're barefoot. So this is a little way to get into the very center of yourself. Does everybody feel pretty centered right now in terms of your standing? This is a way to get centered physically. So what you're going to do now is you're going to walk around and notice how the centering 
has affected your contact as you walk. So walk around the room, but don't just look down. You can look down, but add variety and look out. The tendency sometimes in meditative walking is to just have your head hanging over your chest, which puts a strain on your neck. So adjust your head pattern so you're looking out as well as down. Sure, you can look for what's in front of you, but be sure to look out and take in the whole space of the room and feel how your looking and walking is related to the contact of your feet on the floor. Right? As you push your foot into the floor, you get a transmission of movement through your skeletal system. That's how we walk. We push into the earth. So just notice that and change directions and look around. And then at some point, just come to a stop and tune into your contact through your feet. Let your arms hang at your sides and do a little movement of weight shifting from side to side and come back into your center and do a little circling if you want. You can add the circling and then take the circle so it gets spirals into the very center. You can do it on either clockwise or counterclockwise. And find the place where you feel really stable in your contact with the floor. Check for where you have stability. Make micro adjustments so you feel very stable for yourself. Make sure you're breathing. And smile. (laughs) It's not a grim activity. Okay, and one more time, just walk anywhere. Just walk around. Be sure to look out as well as down. And randomly, just come to a stop somewhere and do weight shifting to bring you back into the very center of yourself so you feel a strong sense of stability and contact with the ground, You experimentally play with it by weight shifting in a spiral or from side to side or front or back, whatever works for you. Get centered by introducing the variation of weight shifting and then make those small tiny adjustments so you feel like your contact with the ground is really nice and clear for you. That Be that sense of, ah, here it is. Check in with your breathing, look around, open up your vision, Feel how your contact with the earth also is related to your contact with the environment, right? We are like trees, you know, we're making contact, we're rooted, but at the same time we spread out and open up and embrace what's all around us. And it never hurts to introduce a little bit of a smile because the smile actually reorganizes your face, right? It lets your jaw relax, your eyes relax, opens up your breathing, it actually changes your organization. As a way to to check that out, everybody introduce a little grimace. Notice how that changes your contact? Can you feel that? Get really serious and depressed about it. (laughs) Right, do you feel how that shifts your foot contact? Now go into, ah, open, smiling, contact with the air, with the earth, the ground, there it is, your body opens up and you can get that rooted sensation. So our introduction of our feelings, our facial expressions, our weight shifting, all of that gives us a different orientation to its contact with the earth and the environment. Got it?
Now we're going to go outside for about, I think we have, yeah, we have about 10 minutes or so. What we'll do, we'll ring the gong to come back. And I want you to just play with walking around periodically, weight shifting and making contact with being centered, and then make contact with the beautiful environment and let yourself just absorb it right into your body as you make contact with the earth. So this is a way to play with deepening your contact with the earth and opening up into the environment. We'll ring a bell when it's time to come back and we'll check in on how it is.
Welcome back. So, uh, just to check in, this was uh, adding another little Feldenkrais set of movements to walking and standing. Any insights, observations, epiphanies? Someone in the back needs a microphone? I have an observation that... um I realize that the uh, that my center of gravity is further forward than I thought. Yes. That um, I'm back on my heels. Mm-hmm. My normal position is back on my heels, and I want. I think when you said find your stable spot, I think it's more a little bit more forward. Mm-hmm. When I was walking around, I, I I felt like I wanted to place my the pads of my feet, my balls of my feet first, mm-hmm. consciously. Mm-hmm. That felt that felt more stable. Uh, that created more stabilization for you. Yes. Nice. Yep. I found that the minute I started to walk forward each time with an awareness from the inside of my body, I desperately wanted to close my eyes. Ah, okay. <laughs> there was something um, attractive about that for you of, of closing your eyes? Fear. The fear that came fear up? Fear with... of leaving my eyes open. Ah. Okay. It was kind of a profound understanding that I just came to. Uh-huh. I don't want to walk forward with my eyes open and my awareness inside my body. I would rather observe it from the outside and force it to walk from a mental interesting interest thing. Sure. Yeah. And that, and just to um, say that 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 when we play with these kinds of reorganization types of movements, it's not just our body we're reorganizing, we're reorganizing our perceptual system in general. It's all one thing. So it's not unusual to do a Feldenkrais lesson, get up and walk around and realize, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm looking at the world differently now. You know, suddenly something has shifted. I might feel a certain transparency in my body, or I might feel my field of vision is opened out into the periphery, or I realize I want to just rest more internally inside myself before I do anything at all. All kinds of perceptual shifts can occur as you're doing that, so that definitely fits. Yeah. I found that um, I am a little afraid of my right side. I've been losing my balance a lot lately. Yeah. Where, and, uh, could you raise your hand so I can see oh, I'm where sorry, you are? Ah, thanks. I've been losing my balance a lot lately, and I've been trying to figure out why. And when we did that exercise, I realized that I step differently with my right leg mm-hmm. than I do with my left. Yeah. And it sort of clunks down. And I noticed a tightness in my hips and that um, kind of a fear of this side. So something interesting to yeah. pay attention to and try and do them more evenly. Great. Very Great to notice the asymmetry. I'll just um, beat a little comment into that, something to play with. Is It's very, very common to have asymmetrical, what I would call strategies for organizing. And particularly if you have injuries, the body will compensate and do something to shift around the symmetry. So one thing you can do that's also quite powerful is like suppose you notice that you have on your, which side was it? It was... Right side. So you notice your right side has an association of fear or something that's affecting its contact or, or the distribution of movement through yourself. Is that you go check out your left side again and notice what your left side is doing 
that seems to work well for you because the left side may have more direct contact or type of organization that seems to create more stability into your foot. Check it out and notice if there's some way of organizing yourself that seems to be there that feels nice for you. And then play with that strategy on the right side. That very often one side's higher functionality, can, you can mine it for strategies to bring into the other side. The two sides of the body often can teach each other ways to expand their options. So that's just something to play with. Um, let me take one. We'll come back. Yeah, I have it. Where, there it I is. I have it, yeah. Um, I felt uh, more open-hearted, and, I, and it was coming from feeling really grounded mm. in my lower body, and normally, I don't feel like I walk around so much <laughs> like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more, you know, kind of like that. But I really felt like I had s- s- the support and the stability to be able to just be more open and relaxed. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That often, you know, when you get the, your connection into the earth and it feels clearer, it opens up the top part of the body. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I really found it very pleasant to keep shifting and I noticed as soon as this place was built that the pavement was uneven Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, not a place to wear high heels and I'd like (laughs) instantly noted it and then I wondered if it was done on purpose and then um, I was thinking, not an endorsement, but I wear MBT sandals Mm -hmm. sometimes and I really love rocking around them. So I was having the greatest time until I went to sit down in the chair mm. and suddenly I thought, oh, my hips really hurt. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what that was about, but I, I really like shifting surfaces and I would spend, even when the first skateboards came out, I tried them and I just couldn't do it. But I immediately gravitated toward I would like to be able to stand on a skateboard. So I, it feels very positive. Good. Okay. And openness to different surfaces and actions. And to answer your question, yes, everything is designed to wake you up. <laughs> For all surfaces. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yes. I think we have a question in the back here. Wait, but the mic's coming. I, too, felt an increased sense of kind of integrity, and I do have also uh, problems along the right side of my body. But I found that moving and periodically stopping um, and doing my little rotations and finding my center was very helpful. I tend to use walking as my form of exercise and my form of aerobic exercise, And I'm wondering how to take these principles and pick up the pace without losing that sense of integrity that comes from doing it slowly, Mm. mindfully. Yeah. So, um, so each time you do a a lesson like we've been doing, Feldenkrais used to call every lesson an approximation of something, meaning that you don't get it you get something that is additive to your own um, uh, nervous system and form of perceiving. So 
I'm going to connect this to something that someone else brought up during the break. So one of the things that we're really used to in our Western mode of doing things is we get into this sense of doing things that Feldenkrais called end-gaining. We immediately go out to the edge of a movement. We immediately get up and go here to there. And we miss the transition period. We miss the adjusting we don't pay attention as much to the process of the organizing as much as the result that we're going for. Like, that's why I kept telling you when some when people were doing the knee switching, you know, don't just drop your knees at the very end of the movement because that creates perceptually a sense that I've run into a limitation. What you want to do is stay in the range where you don't have the limitation, where you feel the fluidity. So I would say with this that every time you do any lesson, you connect back into your standing and then walk around and notice how it's affecting your walking. The more you just tune into that, the more you'll notice micro-adjusting going on in your walking. Your walking, your sense of walking will become very mindful and you'll just wake up to, oh, I like actually stepping a little more with my right foot here and then shifting over to my left. Kind of exactly what you were saying, you know, just the things start to pop out. So the, the thing that you can do is just do some lesson and get up and walk and then come back to my, just tuning in to where's your neutrality and standing and launch out of that again. And it's periods of just dipping into being awake, being aware, tuning into where you're neutral, where your contact is, and then going into movement again and seeing how you're affected. It's very experimental. The more you tune in, the more you... This is mindfulness of the body, in essence. The more you notice it, the more it keeps teaching you from the inside how your whole body being wants to organize in gravity. Just just keep playing. Okay, I guess it's maybe lunchtime now. <laughs> so we'll take lunch. Um, one other thing I'll say just as a way to keep this going during lunch is, so you're kind of tuning in now through the meditation practice, through Feldenkrais, you know, we'll do more inquiry. Really pay attention to how you make your transitions, right? Because the transition is going to be just as much uh, part of the lesson of what's going on as getting somewhere. So take your time. You know, if you're getting up and you realize, hmm, oh, I like that foot contact now as I'm getting up. Ah, that's, that feels really good. All right, there I'm going to launch out of that, right? So you're... You're um, playing with all the different ways you like to create a sense of stability from going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. We normally are just on autopilot with it. But here you have an opportunity to really be mindful of it and to find paths that work for you. Okay, have fun with it. We'll be back in an hour for lunch, 1.30. We'll be back.